Welcome to the Spectral Phenomena Podcast, your source for all things offbeat, strange, unexplained, and paranormal. Here are your hosts, Ken Sanner and Mustafa Sadiq. Well, Moose, I wanted to run a quote by you. Uh, you may have heard it before, um, but it's from a, a, a kind of a fun movie, The Mothman Prophecies, which is a highly fictionalized version of the actual Mothman of Point Pleasant incident. But the quote goes, it's, uh, it's from Alexander Leake, which is Alan Bates' character. It's, you notice them, and they notice that you notice them. And I just, I love that quote so much. I'm going to get it made as a little metal sign to put in my office. Um yeah, that's, but that's I, cool. Yeah, I, I think it really speaks to the nature of this phenomena where, you know, you have an encounter or you start looking into this stuff and all of a sudden it seems to find its way to you more and more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was kind of a cool little quote, but that's not what we're really talking about today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just one comment on that, though. Um, yeah. So in uh, we've talked about like my culture and everything, uh, and you know how you know I was brought up in sort of a superstitious household. Well, um, it's funny. One of the ways people say, you know, don't uh, don't uh, to you know to protect yourself, basically, is don't open doors that you don't want open and that you don't know how to close. Right? Yes. So uh, don't... a lot in the ghost hunting community uh, in yeah. particular. And um, because whatever those entities are, they may or may not know that your dimension exists. Right. Right. But then you open a door and you don't know how to control or do anything. You just do some rudimentary thing like a Ouija board or something. I don't know what your beliefs are on that. And then you open the door to something that you don't know how to close. And uh, quite frankly, probably no one does. Yeah. And it's so true because, you know, whether these these entities are in some cases physical, maybe not so much. But, you know, when we talk about the ideas of ultra terrestrials and interdimensionals and spiritual beings, who knows, you know, what their gateway to us is. And it, it seems so often that's just the intent and the, the action of doing something that you're willing to let them in, whether or not it's something as traditional as a Ouija board or just maybe just saying it out loud that you want to have these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there seems to be something to that. And then there's also, um, well, I don't want to get too ahead because that has to do with the cat. So, okay. All right. Well, in that case, we are going to talk about something very different today. Um, when you think about the halls of Congress, they are without a doubt one of the places in the world where dark and frightening things happen on a daily basis. However, not all of these things involve dirty dealings and political intrigue. There is at least one occurrence far more intangible and spectral than many people realize. Welcome back to Spectral Phenomena, everybody. Today we'll be discussing something that I've been fascinated with since childhood, that a spectral monstrous cat is roaming the U.S. Capitol. Yes, today we are talking about the demon cat of the U.S. Capitol building, the demon cat of Washington, D.C., all right, so we'll we'll dig right into it. Um, cats are not something that are foreign to the U.S. Capitol. It's not a, a strange thing that a cat would be there. Um, in fact, cats were really 
brought there uh, initially as mousers because there was a large rat population. But as the rat population decreased, the need for cats decreased and they started, you know, really kind of getting rid of them slowly. Um, that information and a lot of the information here today comes from a book that I grew up with uh, reading at my grandmother's house. It's called Ghosts, Washington, D.C.'s Most Famous Ghost Stories by John Alexander. Um, there's a lot of cool information in that book on this. It's kind of a short write-up they do, but it's good. Uh, cats were usually kept in the basement. Um, apparently, they made very haunting noises when they ran through the empty corridors on the marble floors with the stone walls, long hallways. Um, I can see how that would kind of sound creepy when they're running around and yowling down there. That comes from history.house.gov, which is where there's actually a lot of information on the demon cat on the house's website. It's pretty cool. So do you want to talk about any of the history stuff, Moose, before I start talking about what we're really looking at here? Yeah, so I was looking on the on the uh, the website, and you know what? I'm actually going to pull it up right now because I don't have that. I can't believe I didn't pull that part together because I have a series of white uh, uh, pages up. And it, it's interesting to me how much of it was on official.gov uh, website. Right? right? Yeah, like the whole story is there. Yeah. And I mean, is the reason it's on there because people think it's that kooky and people just feel comfortable talking about it like they would a Halloween story? Or is there a, um, you know, they always say that every, every conspiracy has an ounce of truth. Is it something where they're just trying to, um, you know, attack with or not attack, take a proactive approach with information by creating false information so that the actual information doesn't uh, come to a head. Maybe what we need is a nationwide demon cat disclosure uh, kind of, you know, movement as opposed to maybe, maybe that's the whole thing with the UFOs is they're distracting us with UFOs so we don't know about the demon cat. Maybe yeah. that's the end game here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... The characteristics of the demon cat. We've got a couple little bit conflicting sources here. Um, overall, it's the same story. So basically, the demon cat is either black or tabby, uh, depending on what source you look at. Um, most accounts I've read have said black, but the Washington Post has an article that says that it's a tabby cat. But it starts off about the size of a house cat. It starts walking towards the victim. It's purring. It's, you know, normal happy cat. Then it gets larger and larger and larger until it's about the size of a tiger. It's snarling. It's growling. It pounces at the victim with its claws extended. And then upon reaching the victim, it disappears or it explodes. Um, that's pretty much the typical demon cat encounter that you will read. And there's a few uh, different encounters that all follow that that general pattern. Uh, but I didn't know Moose, if you had anything you wanted to talk about with those characteristics. No. So, uh, but it, it kind of cements my, one of my views of the issue um, of, of the cat itself. And um, so, and that's one of uh, uh, perception, right. Uh, right. Of the person. And um, I'll, so I have a couple uh, sources that I'm going off of today. Um, the again, we've talked about before. I'll I'll be the first one to start in a Wikipedia page and then go on from there. Um, but then I kind of dove into like like visual hallucinations and like what causes like not only hallucinations and different types of hallucinations, but also visual. Um, uh, man, I'm blanking on the term, but basically seeing things that aren't actually there, right? And how that can occur clinically and physiologically. Um, but then also, um, 
kind of a, on the deeper side of things, what does it mean for something that we as humankind see as like, you know, cute, playful, whatever, what psychological phenomena causes uh, uh, that transformation to occur uh, into uh, something ferocious and potentially harmful? And how does that translate to the, to the events of those times that this demon cat is associated with? So something we can talk yeah. about. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Um, I have kind of a, a slightly different take on it. Um, and this can both be a little more woo-woo and more in the psychological aspect as well. Um, when you think about a black cat and the history of the black cat, you know, and, and cats in general, um, often in the, the Middle Ages into the Renaissance and, you know, uh, that, that kind of time period, were often seen as the familiars of witches. So um, they were controlled by witches, witches became them. Um, they were uh, supernatural beings that were basically running around doing the will of these witches and uh, in turn, by extension, the will of the devil. And black hats, of course, have remained a superstitious kind of bad luck omen since that you know time. Um, and I, I just think it's interesting that one, this would be a black cat, um, if it is in fact real or two, uh, if it's not real, if this is something, you know, more, uh, of a legend or a lore kind of thing that it would be a black cat, you know, what's that mean, you know, in the human psyche, why is the black cat such a mysterious, dangerous creature? Mm -hmm. Now, has it always been a black cat? So there are varying reports that it is black or that it is a tabby cat. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of depends on, on, uh, the source. Oh, I see you, the post. Yeah. Have. The post had the yeah. tabby cat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just something interesting. Anything else you want to touch on in that kind of no. category? Okay. Mm -mm. All right. So we're going to run through a few encounters here. Um, there's not a whole lot of well-documented encounters, but there are a few. Um, generally, the cat is said to appear before national tragedy, tragedies and administration changes in the White House, uh, according to the ghost book. Um, so does it make like the, daily visits now? or <laughs> Right. Well, and that's something we're going to talk about. Um, because when you look at the accounts that you can find uh, – from house.gov, from Wikipedia, from the ghost book, um, and uh, one other site I found, Atlas Obscura, there's not a whole lot of accounts, um, even dating back to the initial account in 1862. So there seems to be a trend of either it not being recorded if it's reported it, or not being reported at all or just not appearing. Um, we, we really don't know. And we'll get into that in, in conclusions. Um, but the first documented sighting of the demon cat of the U.S. Capitol was in 1862. There were Union soldiers defending D.C. They were bunked in the Capitol building. Multiple soldiers who were on night watch saw the cat one night. One opened fire at the cat as it grew to incredible size, and it jumped right over his head. So this is the only encounter I can find where... Uh, one, someone shot at it, and two, multiple people supposedly saw the cat. Um, not a whole lot of other detail that I was able to find on that, but it comes straight from house.gov. Uh, so I guess that's about as reliable of a source as you're going to get on that. The next encounter 
three years later, 1865, the cat was reportedly seen right before the Lincoln assassination. And then the cat disappeared for a really long time. The next account I could find was in 1898. That came from house.gov. It was mentioned on Wikipedia, but it wasn't associated with anything. So I had to do a little bit of digging for that. And the only thing I could find as far as like a major national incident in 1898 for the United States was the Spanish-American War launched in 1898. So I don't know how close that sighting is to the start of that war, um, but there is at least some possibility there of some sort of uh, relationship between the two. The cat was then seen again, uh, not for another almost 30 years, in 1929, just before the stock market crash. And then again, it disappeared for a solid almost 50 years, about 45 years, and it was seen in 1963, just before the Kennedy assassination. Some other things that have been reported about the cat as well. Uh, allegedly, one night, a night watchman had a heart attack and died when he saw the cat. Um, that's reported in the ghost book. Uh, one question I would have about that, though, is if he had a heart attack and died, how did anyone know he saw the cat unless he didn't die right away, which is possible. If you know anything about heart attacks, you don't necessarily, you know, immediately die. Um, but that was interesting, and that's not associated with any kind of date or anything, so it's a, a little bit less of a solid story. And then the other thing is there are some faint paw prints in the concrete of the small Senate rotunda. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a demon cat leaving paw prints. There are other cats associated with the U.S. Capitol, but just kind of a fun fact there. So that's kind of what I was able to come up with with encounters. I don't know if you found anything else to add to that, Moose. I did not. That uh, it seems to be pretty slim, in terms. Yeah, of it's pretty slim, but it's a legend that kind of endures, which very quickly uh, brings us to our conclusions. And this is where I think we're going to have a, a, a little bit more meat to dig into here. Yeah, yeah, because I, I have a couple points I want to talk about, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have fun talking about them. So the first question, when, when we get into theories, why hasn't this cat been seen since 1963? We've had plenty of elections, plenty of national tragedies, um, you know, everything from natural disasters to wars to, you know, everything in between. Um, why why hasn't it been seen? Has it been seen and just not been reported? Has it been reported but not recorded? Um, you know, what what's going on with that? That's that's very strange to me that if this is, you know, an actual occurrence, it would just stop. But then again, we also don't know how any of this works either. You know, maybe there's a, you know, a, a time frame that this kind of entity can can work in or maybe there's you know certain conditions that have to be met that we don't know i mean who mm -hmm. knows um, or maybe it's all fake um which is not the fun theory but um i prefer the fun theories myself but you look like you have something you want to say moose well so uh and you specifically touched on a point um why has it not been seen since 1963 what occurred in 1963 that it had huge national ramifications well, the Kennedy assassination. November 22nd, 1963, right? Um, and and uh, I, so I've been doing a little bit of research into not the conspiracy side of things, but like the, the global, you know, situation and the geopolitical situations that were going on. And it's really fascinating to like, 
if you put into context what those wor- people were going through, it's it's kind of insane, right? And like the the effects that it's had on people uh, today. So you know, you're what uh, twenty years post World War II, you're ten years post Korean War, you're in a Cold War, and uh, you are um, in a in an arms race to do everything you can and uh, uh, and do whatever projects you can to prevent your country from being destroyed. And in that time, there was a lot of high strangeness things going on, right? And uh, and yeah. a lot of projects going on, like what we talk about MK Ultra, right? That was a part of, uh, you know, it started in the 40s and went into, I believe, into the 50s and 60s, right? With the MK Ultra projects, which is an umbrella term for a bunch of different smaller projects that were going on. Um, so uh, uh, why did everything stop in 1963? Well, um, the... Uh, the, I guess I, I don't want to associate, I'm usually I'm the one that talks about, you know, pretty rational stuff on here, but, uh, you know, maybe something happened. Maybe there was some collective, uh, um, chopping the head off of something spectral by a, a concerted, through a concerted effort from a government or non-government entity. And the same thing that decided to, uh, change the course of history by, ending Kennedy's life could also be associated with a change in a bunch of other phenomena. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad theory. I mean, I can certainly see a bunch of remote viewers sitting in a basement room at the Pentagon targeting the demon cat and doing something to it or, you know, who knows. Um, But I would kind of counter that with where was the demon cat at, you know, the sinking of the Lusitania? or the bombing of Pearl Harbor or the death of FDR or the Korean war, which, Mm -hmm. which you brought up, um, which isn't to say you're wrong. And there's probably a, a, you know, 200 other tragedies in between, you know, 1929 and 1963. I just think that's interesting. Well, just a, a quick counterpoint on that though, um, that we are framing that in terms of what we perceive as tragedies, right? we don't know what frame of reference this entity may be working in, right? So to them, to it, those events that you described, either it didn't see important enough or just for whatever reason didn't show up, or there's also the bias of people that may have just not seen it, right? Uh, whereas opposed to, uh, you know, these other events, for whatever reason it was seen. I did find a, something interesting about, uh, uh, was it 1889? What was 1898? That was 1898. Um, you ready to jump into a, 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 a deep hole here. As a, uh, as a result of the mergers of several small oil companies, John D. Rockefeller's Standard Oil Company controls 84% of the United States oil in most American pipelines. Okay. <laughs> if I was Demon Cat, I'd say, oh, man, this, these people are going to have some effects in around uh, 100 years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally, totally legit. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting, too, though. Um, it's completely possible that somebody working security in the U.S. Capitol building in, you know, de- on December 6th, uh, you know, 1941, could have had this cat jump out at them. And they said, there is no way I'm telling mm-hmm. anybody about them, ever. Like, no one would believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. I'm going to lose my job. Um, and I think that's, you know, again, there's a very human aspect to this. 
Um, that is a great that point. That is a great point. Over. And again, to your point, we have no idea what the rules are. We, we have no idea when and where this thing can manifest, what it considers, like you said, to be significant. Um, I mean, who knows? You know, it's 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 possible it's been seen a hundred times since then. It's possible that it's totally gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, any, anything else you want to add on that? Yeah. I, I had a couple, I had a couple, uh, well, I, maybe it's, uh, what do you, where are you train going with? Where do you go next? Uh, I'll go on to the next theory. Um, but if you want to stick on this theory, we can. Oh no, no, I'm good. I'm good. You can okay. give me, yeah. yeah. So I've got, um, yeah, I've got three more theories here. Um, but if at any point you want to add anything, really, please jump in. Um, so the next theory, and this is seems to be the most common theory purported by every website and book and, you know, anything I can find on this, is that these guards were drinking on the job. Now, this comes up a lot with paranormal stuff. Oh, he was just drunk, blah, blah, blah. I know you're not a big alcohol person, but uh, I've definitely been really drunk and I've never been so drunk that I've seen a demon cat or a UFO or an alien or a ghost. Like yeah. alcohol doesn't make you hallucinate generally unless you're like drinking absinthe, you know, the old timey illegal absinthe. Yeah, that other. Yeah, hallucinate when you're intoxicated. I'm just saying that. It's high. I think it's highly unlikely that all of these people were so drunk that they're hallucinating and seeing the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. No, nah, I agree. I agree. So I think that's a bad theory, and that's a that's a prominent theory. Um, the next theory is that the guards in the past were not of the same caliber as current Capitol Police. Which is probably true. Um, they probably didn't have the same training and education and stuff, I'm sure. But that doesn't mean that they are unable to tell the difference between a house cat and a tiger. You know, like, that's kind of crazy. I think that takes a lot of liberty and uh, disparages people in the past, which is something I think we see a lot in history. We think people in the past are you know, less intelligent than we are now. And the reality is they're not, they may be less educated on certain topics or on a lot of topics. Um, but that doesn't mean they're imagining giant cats attacking them. You know, I think that's a little bit of a stretch as well. So, um, and then my last theory and um, no moose will definitely want to talk about this one uh, is that this is an actual omen, ghost, spirit, or entity. Well, I guess it's not really my last theory, but um, the big theory, the, the big one of two big theories. Um, one, it's just an actual omen, ghost, spirit, or entity. Like, this is a real, real thing that people are encountering, um, and it's unexplainable, and it it happens. We don't know why or when, but it does. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I, I, I want to start off with that. So, uh, okay. so when I was researching this, as you know, I try to find out, you know, try to find like, what's the thing I thought about least? And then let me dive into that. And what I don't know about is, uh, um, basically the, the terms are, uh, what is it? Um, types of cognitive biases, right? And, um, 
I honestly don't know too much about this. Um, at, at first, I thought it would be like a uh, like an associative bias, right? So um, every year, hundreds of people could see stray cats, but as soon as someone sees a you know a black cat, and also there's uh, they uh, you know something tragic happens, they could you know attribute a false association to it, right? Um, especially if they already believe something like that happens, right, or something a phenomenon like this exists, then there's also the confirmation bias. Um, I'm not an expert on biases, so if someone's listening and uh, wants to tell me how I got that wrong, please let me know. Um, but I think that has at least something to do with it. But that would necessitate that w- there would be a lot of reporting, and those reportings don't have the physical changing, right, from a small cat to a big cat. So um, while I, I, while I have proposed a theory that could kind of discount for what you just described, right? Like it being like an actual phenomena. Um, I'm not sure it holds too much weight, right, for this. Um, there's also the concept of like PTSD, right? So post-traumatic stress dis- disorder associated with visual hallucinations because of like high stress and stuff like that. And you start seeing, uh, you know, whatever visual cues or whatever, you know, um, end up seeing uh, something associated with that past trauma. The first story was of union soldiers, right? And I don't know what trauma they could have seen. Um, but, uh, or, you know, what their specific stories are, but, uh, there could always possibly be a mental health, uh, perspective that goes into their perception of, uh, um, what the demon cat is, but all in all of all the things we have, uh, talked about so far, this one still got me. I think I, I, uh, I, I, I think there's enough ambiguity and enough lack of information coupled with a weird, like official page on the house website to say that this might have something to it. Yeah. And I mean, as far as the, the, like the, the mental health aspect of it, um, I'm just no, number one, I know, a number of people with PTSD and I don't know any of them to have ever reported a hallucination. I'm not saying it can't happen. Um, but usually, you know, you're thinking more along the lines of like schizophrenia or, you know, a manic episode with somebody who was bipolar disorder or something. And I've really, especially that account with the union soldiers, multiple people said they saw it. Mm, and yeah. I'm just not big on the whole shared hallucination thing. I, I mean, I, I guess it's a thing, but, it just seems unlikely unless everybody got so worked up into a frenzy Mm -hmm. that, you know, they all decided that this cat was the size of a tiger. And I mean, there could be something like, you know, there are like, uh, what is it? Like the Randlesham forest or whatever in the UK and other, uh, you know, uh, associations of high strangeness where there are collective hallucinations and stuff. Not, but I wouldn't call that hallucination. I would call that a, a group, uh, experience of something of a phenomena. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I'm a, I, I definitely lean towards the the b- believing of the Randlesham Forest incident, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah. Um, the last theory I have here is that it's all just fake or made up. You know, it's a just a story that people have passed on. So yeah, so it could all be fake or imagined, um, and people are making up the stories just for the sake of having a good story and. They are, um, you know, propagating this essentially as entertainment or, you know, to pull one over on people like you and I who have an interest in this kind of stuff. 
and is that possible yeah it's possible um i don't know you know i don't know we'll never know yeah. if uh it's all fake <laughs> well maybe this Any new up? atip project will be able to uh well it's not new it's been going on for a while but while they're studying ufos maybe they can study the uh demon cats in their backyards that would be good do you have any other uh, theory stuff? I you do, want to touch actually. Okay. Uh, so there is something called the DC Cat Count. Have you heard of it? I have not. The DC Cat Count is uh, basically it's a three-year project, and you can go to dccatcount.org if you want to support this project. Uh, but the DC Cat Count, uh, and I'm reading this from their website, is a unique and ambitious three-year project that brings together a diverse group of experts and organizations to pursue uh, these goals in Washington, D.C. Uh, what goals are they? Hold on. Uh, in addition, this project will serve as a highly visible example of constructive collaboration between animal, animal welfare organizations, welfare, wildlife scientists, academic institutions, and citizens who wish to cooperatively pursue common goals for cats and wildlife rather than engage in conflict. Uh, okay, let's talk about what their actual goals are. The reason I'm saying this is because they have a bunch of like cameras and other stuff out that literally count feral cats. And okay. it, 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 it matters because like you can like host a camera and in the day, in a in a world of higher visualization, you would think that there would be a higher potential for phenomena to be captured on uh, like camera, right? Like w- similar right. to how we are getting more and more UFO sightings because more and more people are see have the ability to put a camera into the air. Um, so that the uh, the reason I brought that up is because there's more people looking for cats, right? So uh, I'd be interested in seeing if anyone has seen anything in that project. You know, that would be considered weird. But also there was a uh, there's a Washington Post article from January 14, 2020, where they spotted a bobcat, right, uh, in the CNO Canal in the district, uh, marking what by quote marking what biologists say is a rare sighting in the city's wildlife landscape. So that's probably kind of cool too, right? The fact that yeah. you know uh, right now there's so much. Uh, urbanization and all that and there's this uh you know this it is a big cat right i mean it's not like a lion but it's a big cat uh for a medium-sized dog yeah you know like it it's it's a i mean and it's bigger than your house cat right and it in in today's world it still has the the you know it still prowls close to dc um when in a period uh in the world where there was definitely less urbanization i wouldn't hold it past a wild animal to encroach on uh, you know, the city like that. So yeah, who knows? Uh, well, some of the sightings could be that as well. That's so, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Could very well be, you know, interesting. Um, so I've got one more fun fact for you before we r- wrap this up, Moose. Um, did you know that DC has a roller derby team named the DC diamond demon cats? Oh man. It's a go. CIA uh, job. It's probably, it's a cover. It's probably, yeah, a government operation to, uh, you know, uh, obfuscate the uh, information here. So, all right, do you have any other uh, final thoughts on the Demon Cat before we wrap up? Nah, this was cool. This was fun. This was a nice, different uh, change in tone than what we've been talking about. All right, and you kind of already gave your answer here, but uh, do you lean towards believing in the Demon Cat or not? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll believe in it as a, a misinterpretation of something. You know, yeah, uh, that's what I'll okay. believe it in. And maybe there's like, yeah, no, that I'll leave it at that. I, I, like, if I, it's about a zero percent chance, I think, or maybe, maybe it should never do zero percent. Maybe a one percent chance that it's like an actual, like, 
paranormal phenomena and like 99% chance that it's a bunch of other things, probably an amalgamation of like all of our theories, you know, of like between it being an actual animal, you know, various cognitive biases, all that kind of lumped together. I feel like somewhere in that uh, nebula, we'll see the actual, uh, the actual answer. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go a little bit higher than 1%. I'm going to say, uh, I've, I got to give it like a 40, 45% chance that one of these encounters was true and somebody saw something unexplainable. Um, you know, maybe 70, 30, um, that, you know, the phenomena, phenomena isn't true at all, but, uh, I, th- I think there's a grain of truth somewhere in here. Somewhere in here, something happened, I think. And we may never know what. But that's uh, that's what I'm going to go with. I bet so. I bet what happened in 1963 was the demon cat jumped onto a desk and knocked something off that the CIA didn't want them to knock off. Like, they spilled, <laughs> like, a, like, a, like, a bottle of water on, like, some classified papers that led to the assassination of Kennedy. And then... Uh, they had to get rid of the cat. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Spectral Phenomena today. We've had a fun time with you here, and we're going to have a fun time next week from your friends Ken and Moose. Have a safe night, and we'll see you next week.